Welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast. This is Season 8, Episode 6. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network of shows. Brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd, as of the recording of this episode, uh, and I'm happy to bring to you a special episode today, something I've been excited and looking forward to doing for some time now because of my three very special guests that I have on with me today, and I will bring them in here momentarily and, and have them do introductions and all that. Uh, but first, we're, we're going to try to save you know the content uh, for, for the show as much as we possibly can. But I do have a couple of sponsorship messages I want to throw out there. First and foremost, I want to recognize CCW Safe, uh, my preference and choice for self-defense coverage, uh, for legal defense coverage, is CCW Safe. CCWSafe.com is the place to go and the place to learn about their coverage. You can check out their ultimate plan, which is what I have, which is all the bells and whistles and everything that they, they bring to the table as a program service. But also, uh, if you want to look into their defender plan or def- protector plans, which are also available, those are viable as well and have about 95% of the coverage, but are a little bit more affordable for those of you that maybe are on a tighter budget. Check them out today. Go to ccwsafe.com. Please use the discount code CCPODCAST and save 10% off of a membership. And Guardian Nation members save 20%. You'd use your uh, discount code. It's available within the Guardian Nation members area to access that discount. Uh, let's see. Also, today's episode sponsored, brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. MountainmanMedical.com is the website. Uh, that's the place that we hope that you will go to for your choice in high-quality uh, medical and trauma equipment and gear. So head on over to MountainmanMedical.com. Uh, whether it's an IFAC or if it's a more involved kit, we've got everything from our mass casualty kit to basic individual first aid kits to if you want to just buy and replenish uh, your supply, you can buy individual components as well. All that's available on our site at mountainmanmedical.com. Uh, you can build your own kit, you know, just buy a bunch of components and put together your own kit. Uh, but certainly we've got the Sweetwater kit, the Yellowstone kit, the Range kit, all kinds of things available at mountainmanmedical.com. Uh, we've been really pleased to see how that brand continues to flourish and grow with you guys' support. And we hope to see quality gear out there in the hands of more great folks like many of you listening and watching this podcast here today. Again, mountainandmedical.com. And we appreciate your support of our sponsors of the Concealed Carry Podcast, which make it possible to do what we do. So without further ado... I'm going to bring in our special guests, and yes, I have three of them. This has been unusual for the podcast. It's been quite a while since we had even more than two or three. So, yeah, you see see these three individuals on the screen. Who in the heck are they? Well, we're going to find out. Uh, and I'm just going to say real quick that uh, some of these guys have become some of my closest friends, uh, and I truly mean that. And it's, it's kind of strange to say because just a, a little more than a year ago, none of us had even met face-to-face. But uh, we see uh, we've got Ethan with us today. We got Chris and we got Johnny are my three guests. I'm going to let them introduce themselves a bit further individually. And we're going to start off with Mr. Ethan there. So Ethan, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background, and uh, you know why, why you're here, I suppose. Uh, well, I'm just a regular guy, just suburban dad, worked regular 
nine to five job. Uh, I'm, if you recognize me, it's probably from Facebook. I'm the fat guy, appendix carry guy in a lot of Facebook groups. Uh, and, uh, I got into, I got into serious pistol shooting probably in late 2019, early 2020, uh, which was a, a terrible time to get into it. But, uh, it's, it's been an interesting journey and it's led me here. So I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. Thankful for the connections I've made along the way. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ethan. And, and, you know, I love how you introduce yourself. You're just, you're just the suburban, you know, dad working a nine to five job. Uh, so I think a lot of folks can probably identify with that. Next up, let's go to Chris. Chris, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm a uh, Chris. I came from a background, uh, coming from the military, I went into policing at a major department in the nation, like top 10, as far as population. Um, I got into shooting because in the end, uh, more proficiency means more time. And as I've learned this and progressed through that, I've always been chasing those extra seconds to make decisions. So that's how I came to be where I'm at now. Awesome. Awesome. Glad to have you, man. Thanks for being here today. And finally, we've got Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Oh, we'll get you off the uh, mute there. Go again. Maybe not. <laughs> All right. Can you hear me now? There we go. Yeah, I got you. So Loud and clear. Uh, I'm probably the oldest one here today. Uh, uh, that's why they, they frequently call me grandpa or boomer. Um, I grew up around guns, but never took them serious, uh, other than maybe a little rabbit hunting and quail hunting. Uh, about three or four years ago, my wife and I decided we wanted to learn a little more about firearms. and we took the NRA basic class and another NRA class. And uh, most of my shooting at that time was uh, static shooting at a range, maybe shooting some cans. And then an incident happened at work, and I wanted to take a little more serious on the self-defense type stuff uh, and got in some groups on Facebook um, and met some people through there. Well, I was taking a class in Huntsville, Alabama, and there was this guy in the class who's introduced himself. And I went, wait, you're in that Facebook group that I'm a member of. And that was Ethan. And that's where the first time I met Ethan in real life. And from that point in time, I tried to take my, tried to learn more and become more serious about shooting. That's awesome. Um, and I'm frankly, I'm very glad that you ever met uh, Ethan in the first place because, uh, well, we probably would not have met ourselves and I'm, uh, honored to have met you, Johnny. Johnny is a wonderful man. I mean, all these guys are, uh, but uh, I think within this uh, little group, which we're now going to shift to a little bit and, dis and talk about a little bit, uh, known as the tribe, uh, Johnny is known as grandpa and everybody loves Johnny. So, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about that now. All right. So Ethan, um, I'm going to send this over to you now a little bit. Because I'd like for you to describe a little bit about when I when I just described this group uh, known as the tribe. What is the tribe, and how did it come to be? So, what the tribe really started as was a uh, it, it started as a small group chat uh, of of local guys here in Alabama, uh, just because I wanted some people to shoot with. So I added a few of my friends. Uh, we uh, 
and you know, a few of them are still in, in the group and, you know, through attrition, we've lost some. And then we just, at some point we started adding online friends and it just kind of, uh, exploded from there into this huge thing that it is. Yeah. So you said that you, uh, started this little group chat. You're looking for, uh, friends and guys to go shoot with, do some training with that kind of thing. Uh, when you say it's grown into this huge thing now, I mean, what does that really look like? What, what, how do we describe like who, who makes up the tribe? It's a, it's a, it's a lot of people. We've got, uh, folks from all over the country. I mean, we've got a couple guys from Texas. We got, uh, a couple from Pennsylvania, several, several from Kentucky, uh, several from Mississippi, a couple from Florida. I mean, the, the Bama boys, there's like four or five of us. And then you got, you know, like one of the guys from Florida, Tan, I mean, Tanner, he's, he's something else. I've, I've never met a 22 year old who is as squared away as him. And then we've got, you know, you Riley and, uh, Tim Heron, which Tim took to, Tim took to it a, a lot better than I thought he would. Cause I mean, at least you met us in person first. <laughs> <laughs> True, true. Well, and I don't know that you guys had ever uh, envisioned adding uh, an instructor that you guys actually brought out to train all of you uh, into the tribe. Definitely but, did not. Uh, you're <laughs> but you're right. You know, I, you know, it's, you know what, what happened there was uh, you came to me and said, hey, Riley, I'd like to host you out in Alabama for a class. I got a group of guys interested in training and we'd like to bring you out. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, I don't know you very well, Ethan. I mean, I've seen you online and we've interacted a little bit, but you know, uh, don't know you don't know the range, don't know the area. (laughs) I don't know what to expect. (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, let's do it. You know, like worst thing that could happen is we don't get enough signups and we'll just cancel the class. So, uh, you know, we put it out there and all of a sudden, man, like I remember like the first day or two, there was like seven, seven or eight signed up. And I was like, wow, that's, that. I, I didn't see that coming. And then it might've been like another couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden there was just this flurry of, of signups for the class. And before we knew it, it was filled. And uh, then we actually, I was able to have an AI, an assistant instructor uh, help out with that. That was Chris, Chris Bean. And we added a couple more spots for some folks. And so we had a, a big old class near Huntsville, Alabama, a little more than a year ago. And I had such a good time with you guys. All, and we all stayed in the same Airbnb, <laughs> big old house, <laughs> right? Uh, I had such a great time. I was like, I hear about this chat. I hear about this, this tribe, like, let me in, you know, and uh, you adopted me and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Now you're tribe dad. <laughs> now I'm tri- tribe dad. That's right. So, um, what, what you know as you look at the tribe now right uh, you you talked about how there's people from all over the the country but it's also quite diverse in terms of diff, you know different backgrounds of folks uh different training backgrounds different professions i mean we've got military we've got police we've got contractors or people that work in the trades you know more or less uh folks that work in retail i mean all kinds of different uh, professions We've got fathers, dads, husbands. Uh, I guess fathers and dads kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> husbands, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of, of 
races and ethnicities, I, I guess, you know? So uh, it's quite a diverse mixture. What do you think makes the tribe work? Well, I think it's a lot of it is it's built on mutual respect. But also, I think that there's just a huge amount of people uh, out there who don't really have a sense of community like, like they traditionally would. And I, I think some of the events of the past few years kind of created the perfect storm for something like this to happen. Uh, because there's just a lot of people who are relatively isolated, even even if they're active in their local shooting community with like USPSA or the local uh, training community, there's, there's still a bit of a disconnect. And I guess what the tribe offers is a place where you can be yourself and you can argue because uh, that happens a lot. Uh, and you can talk about some real deep, heady topics, even like, from shooting and beyond. Like, I'm, I'm a better husband and father because of a lot of the stuff that we've talked about. Um, and I know there's other people who would, who would echo that sentiment. Um, I kind of liken it to, and if I'm being long-winded, I apologize, but I liken it to like to almost like the, the Elk Lodge back in the day. Because you don't really hear about mm-hmm. a lot of people who, you don't really hear about a lot of people who just get together with a large group of friends and, just do the thing. If the thing's hunting or fishing or just you know, drinking beer and playing pool, there's there's not a lot of opportunities for people to do that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I feel like we just we just got a really great group of guys who who all kind of on the same wavelength, and they were looking for that sense of community, and we've kind of built it together. Yeah. And the remarkable thing is it, it's really started more as a virtual online group, um, but now there's been a, a couple of times, uh, multiple times, in fact, that members of this particular group, the tribe, uh, have gotten together for training events. One was for my class. One was for Tim Heron's class a few weeks ago. One was for a class that another uh, group member, Tyler Tharp, taught. Um We've gone, a few of us have gone to uh, Brian Hill classes together as well. That's right. That's right. And even gotten together to support group members for things like weddings and stuff, you know, so, um, like it's, it's really quite remarkable to me that, you know, this online group chat has now turned into, uh, really a true community of, of individuals that also now actually get together in person and support one another, even though, you know, they're thousands of miles apart in some cases. Really remarkable. Let's go now to, to Chris. Chris, I want to hear from you a little bit. Uh, tell me about how you you're, you first became acquainted with the tribe and became a member of it. And uh, then I'll have a few follow-up questions, I think, for you. Yeah. So uh, what happened with me is at about mm, 2 a.m. one morning, I get a message. Hey, man. You want to grow? You want to join a group chat? It's pretty cool. And I was like, "Well, I don't see why not. I've got nothing better to do. I was sitting on an extra job doing nothing, and uh, I wandered into a flurry of messages <laughs> because the pace has not changed from when we were smaller. And uh, 
kind of met a couple of the guys. I, I could recognize a couple of them from random Facebook interactions and things like that. Like I knew Ethan, um, I knew John, I'd seen a couple of the Rileys around. And, oh, we uh, better, we better clear that up real quick. First of all, in a group of what, like 40 individuals, there are three Rileys, including me, and we all spell our name the same way. And I haven't even met that many other Rileys like in the course of my life that all spell the names the same way. <laughs> and somehow we're all in this group together. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it was an astonishing trip last trip, keeping all of y'all uh, directed by your names. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I spent probably, I think I was working from 12 a.m. to 8 a.m. And I spent probably six of that, just having random conversations with the tribe. Um, and then, you know, it kind of, it kind of grew into its own thing where all of a sudden I'm getting invites to weddings and um, I'm driving to Kentucky just to, you know, show support and friendship and that like companionship. Um, it was definitely not what I thought it was going to be. And it became something significantly better than I could have expected. Yeah. Wow. That's cool, man. I appreciate you sharing your perspective in that. Um, you know, kind of what we're like, we were talking a minute ago about how it started as primarily an online, purely group chat of a bunch of random dudes chitter chattering back and forth online to something else entirely. How do you think, like, how do we take a group of, 40 and, and and they are, we all are guys in the tribe. Uh, sorry, no, no girls allowed. <laughs> you can start your own tribe or you can start a tribe of, uh, of guys and girls if you want. Uh, but, uh, how do you, how do you think we, how do, how do we make it work to have 40 plus guys from all over the country, from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of professions, all kinds of, I mean, just very different people to large extent. And also some people are more focused on defensive topics, you know, from like, cause like, well, obviously one thing that unites us all is where we all have an, an interest in things like shooting and personal defense and, and those types of things. But, um, but some of us are a little bit more focused on the self-defense aspect of things. Maybe you're more focused on uh, practical skills related to uh, law enforcement work. Cause there's a few members that are in law enforcement Um even some that are still active uh, in, in the military, right? And then there's others that are more purely interested in competition shooting and, or some that just, like, frankly, enjoy shooting or guns, period, right? H- how do you think it has been able to work to bring so many different people with varying focuses and interests even, but t- to kind of unify uh, even in this virtual space? Like, what do you think is the magic... Uh, you know, the magic pill, so to speak, that makes it all work. So, so for me and the big thing I preach is um, just kind of a mutual respect for others. Like, yeah, your opinion, it may not be coming from a place of knowledge or experience, but I can't fault your opinion, right? I would much rather discuss it with you and maybe we can make some corrections along the road and together we can work through those things but everybody's entitled and everybody's opinion is respected. Right. Um, as far as just 
making things work and keeping a cohesive kind of unit, um, you've also got to have people who are willing to call people out, mm. right? You step outside the bounds and nine times out of 10, you're going to hear from me. It's kind of what's well, kind of fallen into my role. Um, and it's just a reminder that, Hey, we need to treat everybody with respect. Um, as far as just maintaining that, I think, I think everybody just has to have the right intentions. Yeah. I, I I've got to agree with that for sure. Uh, yeah, I've been a part of a number of other group chats, uh, also Facebook groups, online forums, et cetera, as many of you have as well. And you, you you get the sense when you participate in some of those groups that there are some that are there with more of a pure heart, you know, kind of thing, like that their intentions are pure, like they're, they, they're genuine and they want to help and they want to be uh, productive, contributing members of that, you know, community, however loose or organized that community is. And then there's others that, you know, you definitely can pick out that uh, uh, are trying to tear it down or are very combative. Um, and, and then also there's others that are kind of more, almost just like dead weight that aren't really contributors of any kind that are just kind of, yeah, I'm here, you know, <laughs> like whatever. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to explore this some further because today's topic, you know, the, the title of the episode is fostering growth and success through building, you know, diverse two-way communities. Uh, which this definitely qualifies as one of those. And it's, it is frankly the most successful uh, group of its kind that, that I've ever come across, especially one that, you know, is more based in a virtual space. I mean, yeah, we've had a couple opportunities to get together and and spend time together, uh, training together, et cetera, in person. But primarily, I mean, our daily interactions are in, in a chat group. And so, uh, Johnny is one of the newer members of the tribe, uh, and was an attendee at the class that you guys hosted me for last year. And also, Johnny, you were at the class, this most recent one that we had uh, with Tim Heron just a few weeks ago. Johnny, I'd like to hear from you now about uh, how you came to be in the tribe. So, well, as I said, uh, I recognize Ethan at a local class from being in a, in a uh, Facebook page and seeing some of his posts and we started talking back and forth about that at a class we took at a local range. And he said, how would you like to take a class with Riley Bowman? And I went, who's Riley Bowman? Uh, and he told me uh, about it and said, well, he's coming to Huntsville. Uh, I'm hosting this class. You ought to go. So I signed up for the class and, and went in. Uh, probably with my background from what I had done so far, uh, I was in over my head, struggling to stay afloat uh, in that class. At that time, I hadn't entered the chat group. I hadn't been, I wasn't in the tribe. I was just attending the class with a group of them. Um, I think I made a little bit of impression because I showed up with five pounds of jerky and two pounds of summer sausage and potato chips and soft drinks. Uh, the entire back of my pickup truck was full of snacks that I was handing out to the guys. Uh being older, I wasn't about to show up to a place with no food, so I brought enough for everybody. Uh, and I think they discussed me for several weeks after there before they decided whether or not the, I was a fit for the group or invite me in the chat group. Uh, my 
profession was was one they were uh, hesitant about uh and my age was something they were hesitant about and my experience in shooting was something that they were a little bit concerned about um but ethan asked me would i after that if they talked about the group and the group had discussed me uh if invited me to join the the chat group and came in there and got to know everybody um and that's where how i got in at that point of time i thought i wasn't there for the a member of the tribe when he had the first class but by the time the second class came around a year later i was fully involved yeah uh so I remember some of that conversation, you know, because I, I was brought into the tribe uh, just after the, as far as in the, the group chat and all that, uh, just after the class I taught last year. And, and you, were, you were brought in a little bit after that. Um, I think probably one of the concerns I remember people voicing was, well, is this quote unquote boomer gonna like you know like jive with the idea of this group chat and and the and the rapid fire nature of <laughs> of the conversations that take place in there and and all this stuff and uh uh i have to admit like i, I i've been quite impressed uh with how you have assimilated into the tribe uh because i mean w- what we see basically is we have members from age 22 i think tanner is about the youngest uh to are you i think you're about 62 61 right now 61 yeah so really close um that's that's a, that's a span of 40 years that's two generations pretty much right uh it's not very often we can see a community uh that is small like this and, and as diverse as it is work as well as it has across all these different demographics of socioeconomic stat- statuses to, you know, races and ethnicities and ages, because, you know, we're, we're at different places in our lives a lot of times, but what, you know, Ethan, I'm going to kind of throw it back to you a little bit. Uh, a moment ago, you, as you were talking, you shared about how you feel like, you know, being, you know, being a part of the tribe, uh, that you're a better husband and father in in a lot of ways because of this community that we've built. And I'd like to actually kind of hear from you expound on that because I I think part of the reason why it works in that regard is we do have, I mean, we've got guys like Johnny, you know, who is a very experienced in terms of life individual. Uh, We have others, you know, I'm kind of in, I'm like, I'm perfectly in the middle of this like age range, you know, Um, I'm, I'm, maybe one of the older members of the group in terms of age. Certainly I have, I think the most kids out of anybody, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so like uh, it, it's, it's cool. You know, when, when we start talking about things like family life, uh, husbandry, you know, jobs and work and all this stuff, things that all uh, of us in some way have to deal with and sometimes struggle through. I, I think we're able to pull from a lot of different people's uh, experiences. I, I just kind of wanted to have you expound on, on some more of what you, what you meant when you say you're a better husband and father because of this. Well, so, I mean, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head. We've, we've got so many different experience levels. So when I'm having a problem or a, an issue, like, for instance, my son has ADHD, and uh, he, I mean, well, <laughs> Riley, and Chris, 
Johnny, y'all all y'all all seen him on Vid Chats. He is he is he's a hundred percent or he's nothing. Like as soon as that kid, as soon as his feet hit the floor, he's going a hundred miles a minute. And and that's something that I've you know I've struggled with is trying to to get get him to focus with school and with extracurriculars and with you know respecting his mother. You know, he's six and he doesn't really want to do anything anyone tells him except me. But a lot of the conversations that we've had, um, you know, when I just basically, you know, where I'm venting about, you know, I'm having trouble with Tucker or, or, you know, my wife and I are fighting. There's cooler heads prevail and really they see things from a, from a lens that I might not necessarily be seeing things from. And they're able to to help me see things from that perspective. And I mean, I'm going to be honest: a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of disagreements between my wife and I, and a whole lot of problems uh, or opportunities for improvement with my son. I've uh, I've kind of had you know Riley Bowman on one shoulder and Johnny Turner on the other for a lot of them. And if I'm wanting to be chaotic, I've had Chris on. <laughs> yeah, we, we see that as well. I mean, a lot of different personalities in the group. Uh, and and personalities sometimes can be quite a challenge uh, to, uh, you know, to, to wrangle everybody together, right? I mean, we're, even within our chat group today, there's some uh, some disagreement that's uh, that's been occurring over a topic of discussion. Uh, and this is not an, an entirely uncommon thing because, uh, you know, somebody will ask a question about something and somebody voices their opinion and somebody else voices their opinion. And next thing you know, you have a full on debate taking place. And, and personally, I, I want to make it clear, like, I think that's actually really important to a viable community is to not just have a you know, this perfect, this picture perfect, uh, you know, echo chamber of, of ideas. Uh, I don't think anybody improves or gets better if we don't challenge ideas and even challenge, challenge each other to, to an extent. Um, you know, Chris, a moment ago, you talked about the importance of respect, uh, and that certainly has to exist. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to hear your take on, you know, the different, some of the different personalities within, uh, this community and, uh, you know, what it takes to continue, again, the focus has got to be on growth and success as individuals, but also as a group. Uh, how do we do that with so many different personalities? Right. So, oh, if this doesn't make me pull my hair out on a daily basis, managing personalities <laughs> in the tribe. That's why, that's why I asked you. <laughs> um, so we've got everything from engineers, um, AC techs, garbage men, uh, GM level shooters, managers at Walmart. Um, man, <laughs> and everybody's opinion should be respected, but not everybody's opinion is as, as valuable as the next, right? Depending on said subject, right? Um, and I think it's just a management of how much that information is useful at the time, right? It's a hard way to say it. Um, so a lot of times uh, there's an amount of, okay, like I, I understand that you feel that way, <laughs> but 
this is the facts, right? And how to do that without insulting somebody or hurting someone's feelings is really hard, right? So I'm not going to say I'm the type to dance around with kid gloves because I'm not. I, I pretty much tell you how it is. And anybody over here who's met me knows that it doesn't matter. Right. I've told Riley how it is and I've told, uh, I've told everyone how it is at least <laughs> one point in time. Right. Um, but it's, it's knowing that it has to come from a place of love and genuine care that I think allows me to get away with some of that. And it just, it's, it's required to make this work. You've got to sometimes tell people hard truths and hard facts. Um, so when it comes to managing those personalities, it's just, Hey man, I'll let you go off on your tangent for a little bit, but at some point I'm going to have to reel you back in. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that because I've, I've done the same thing. I've gone off on rocket ship tangents where like my ears are steaming and like my hair is on fire. Right. Like I've been known, but somebody always has to reel you back. Um, and it has to come from a place of genuine uh, care in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I think my take on that would be, <clears throat> you know, going back to when you were talking about earlier about respect in a community and how important that is. Uh, and I, I would say it's uh, it's respect and also open and honest communication between members of the community. I think, you know, both those things uh, have, you know, really have to be present. And uh, sometimes it's the honesty piece that is is difficult because sometimes the truth is painful, you know, to hear from people. Um, but another aspect of this is, when those members of the community know that everyone in the community has each other's best interests at heart, at least, you know, there are, we have our best intentions of trying to be there and being a supportive and uh, contributing members to everyone else in the community. Uh, I, I think it's, it's easier to have some of those difficult conversations at times, uh, but that open communication is, Super important. Uh, I certainly would hope that you know that 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 someone does call me out if I say something you know that's not quite right or is stupid or whatever. Like the fact that I consider you guys my brothers, I hope that you'd feel comfortable being like, "Hey, bro, like you're kind of you're missing the mark there." You know, um, I, I think that's you know important to do. Would you agree? Yeah, I, and I think that's kind of what it is. Um, everybody knows that they care. So it's not as hard when somebody says, Hey man, you might be a little off base with this one. Mm -hmm. And there's an amount of having to know like what you're, what you're talking about. Right. So like Ethan talked earlier about um, being a better husband and father uh, from the tribe. And I know personally, if he's learned anything from me, it's because I have made every mistake falling down the tree. And I'm just like, Hey man, uh, I did that. You should. Right. So it comes from just places of affection and, and love and experience, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, 
shift gears a little bit, and I'm going to come to you, Johnny, here in just a second. But uh, one, one thing I wanted to say about you, Johnny, just to kind of build off of what I was saying a moment ago, uh, with you know you coming into the into the community and and uh, being one of the more experienced members of the community in terms of life, uh, in in all the, in all of the good ways, uh, it's not very often <clears throat> that you meet somebody that is where Johnny is, that's lived uh, a, a great life and has done a lot of things in his life. And now in, you know, age 60, I guess a year ago when you were in my class, you were 60 years old, if you're 61 now, right? Yep. So uh, to be taking a class and learning new stuff, like you, you just admitted a moment ago how a lot, you know, you felt like you were kind of out of your depth a little bit. I, I'll just say from my perspective as an instructor, I thought you did marvelously. Uh, I definitely, you know, could see some of the deficiencies uh, that I'm, that I know you're aware of as well, but I thought you did marvelously and, uh, it's been really, uh, inspiring to see how much you've grown as a shooter in the last year, uh, in, in the difference from last year's class with me to this year's class with Tim, uh, night and day difference. Like you're a totally different shooter than you were a year ago. <clears throat> um, there's not many young people that make that much growth in a year as shooters. And there's certainly not that many older dogs that uh, are able to make that kind of growth and improvement in a year. And I think part of the secret there is that you, 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 you have an open mind and to maintain an open mind with respect to these kinds of things. And that's not always easy to do. So I, I just kind of wanted to hear your take on, uh, you know, why, why, how have you been able to cultivate this ability to learn new things as an older dog? But if you don't continue to learn, you're going to stagnate. And if you're going to take on a new uh, hobby, a new uh, passion, uh, you've got to accept that there are folks who are better subject matter experts than you are in it. And as you go forward, so as I look at the group, there are folks that are young enough to be my, my grandchildren who are better at certain aspects than, than I am and possibly the better than I'll ever be because starting as late as I have trying to develop the skills I've got, I've got some upper level ceilings that, that the 22-year-olds don't have. Uh, but there are areas that, that I feel comfortable in expounding on and that I'm, I know the subject matter and I can give advice on. But there are other areas I don't. And if you're not willing to accept that you don't know anything, um, the beginning of wisdom is the knowledge that you're stupid. Or I'll take it back, is, is that you're ignorant. It's not that I, I had the inability to learn. It's just I'd never been exposed to it before. And the will and being willing to go out and say, I'm going to learn a new skill. I'm going to learn a new, uh, be willing to listen to folks. Um, if you ever want to be good at anything or be better, you've got to be willing to listen to other folks. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. And I remember, uh, even 
saying something to the effect at this most recent class with Tim that, man, I sure hope uh, when I'm your age and when any of these other guys that were part of that class and that are part of this tribe are your age, man, I hope that uh, we all have the attitude of uh, that you have just displayed and as you just explained, because uh, uh, that's that's not easy to do. I mean, even at my age, I'm, I'm going to be 40 this year, right? Uh, there, there's some things that I'm, I'm pretty, you know, set in my ways on. Uh, to large extent, and 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 I gotta recognize those opportunities when I could be like, you know what, uh, maybe this is something that I, you know, could change my mind on, you know, that I could open my mind or expound my mind, uh, you know, upon. And and you've just displayed, I think, a remarkable. And uh, unlearning a bad habit's as hard as learning a new one. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. That's so true as well. Um, so. Actually, and I'm going to keep the focus on you for a minute here, Johnny, because uh, <clears throat> I'd like to kind of hear your take on – we actually had a question that came in just a moment ago from Ron on Facebook. And Ron, he's asking the question, how do you participate? You know, how I think he's asking how you participate in, say, like this this group, this community that we've built. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, for me to kind of take the lead on that just real quick, just to explain that – well, the, the the tribe, as uh, as all of us are a part of uh, personally, um, is a bit selective, right? You know, intentionally, and I think that's actually one of the first things that's important to recognize with with fostering a a community that is going to grow and is going to help its members succeed. Uh, you need to be a little bit careful about who you allow into the community because it is easy to let the the wolf in and uh, you know tear down you know, the community. So, um, Johnny, I kind of wanted to hear from you. So I think to answer Ron's question, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of shift Ron's question a little bit into more of how can others create, you know, similar communities of their own and and recognizing that there's a lot of different ways I think of going about this. Uh, they're, they're, you know, there, many of you watching or listening to this may be already in some kind of community that you've already established. I mean, heck, even your your own families, uh, even extended families, can be recognized as, as a sort of community, right? Uh, or maybe you have some local shooting friends, or maybe you compete in USPSA or IDPA, and you've got connections that way. Some of you watching or listening may be instructors, uh, firearms instructors, and uh, have you know other instructors that you work with or, uh, or, or students that you continue to, uh, teach and mentor and, and things like that. Right. So, so recognizing that communities can be a lot of different things. Uh, this one is unique in that it's one of the few I've seen that have been truly successful at taking something that organically was created in a virtual space and has led it into the real space and has done it, you know, successfully, uh, for for a couple of years now, which uh, is is not easy to do, Johnny. I'm going to throw it at you first. Uh, what do you think? You know, what would be some of the ideas or tips or suggestions that you might have uh, for others that maybe want to, like Ron here? How do you participate? Well, Ron, I would say, why don't you start or foster your own community of support? And it, it doesn't even have to be about shooting either, right? But what would the tips or suggestions that you have, uh, Johnny, for someone like Ron that wants to have something kind of like what we've created here? I think everybody 
has a innate inner need to be a part of a community. There are very few people who are completely solitary and don't benefit from being a community and don't feel a need for it. But what many people do in communities, whether it's their bowling league, their motorcycle riding group, their church, their civic organization, is they go into it with what can I get out of it and what benefit is this to me? And if everyone has that attitude, nothing ever happens positive. You have you only get out of it what you give into it. Uh, my personality is an encourager. Uh, there are members of the group who I have sent messages for just telling them encouragement, telling them something, uh, praising them. If they're going through a hard time, telling them. I may not have the answer, but just telling them you're there for them, you care about them. Uh, and that's if you're not willing to commit to support and give more than you take, you're never going to build a community. That is such uh, wise and sage advice. Completely agree. Uh, we do see that. We see that in all kinds of areas. In fact, I was just thinking about how, like right now, for instance, in the in the practical shooting sport that I participate in quite a bit, uh, USPSA, United States Practical Shooting Association, there's been kind of some drama in the last uh, couple of years. There's been some upset in some of the leadership of the organization. There's been, uh, you know, people arguing over, you know, changes in the rules, uh, how the leadership is currently leading the organization. I mean, there's been quite a bit of contention within the community. And I see a lot of people complaining about things and, but very little in the way of, well, let me help. Like very little in the way of asking the question of how can I help? How can I help fix the problem that I'm saying exists here within this organization? So I, man, I really appreciate you sharing that Johnny about, you know, instead of approaching things with what can I get out of this? Let's approach it from what can I give? What can I do? Um, Ethan, same kind of question for you. What, what would be some of the suggestions you have for those that want to create their own communities? Well, I mean, I, I kind of got to figure out back off of Johnny. You got to be genuine. Uh, you can't. If you're in, if you're interested in doing this, you can have your own group chat with insert instructor, you know, insert national instructor in here. You I, I have clap because I'm in group with instructor. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, you gotta, you gotta be doing it because you're actually building relationships with these people. Um, you have to respect each other and like genuinely care about each other. I know for a fact that if something happens and I need somebody to talk to, or, you know, within reason, if I, if I need somebody to come, for lack of a better term, to my rescue, you know, depending on where I'm at in the country, I've got somebody. Because it's it's a community. Because, like Johnny said, we're not in it for ourselves. We're in it for each other at this point. And you got to keep that in mind whenever you're trying to build anything like this. And not mm-hmm. Ah, that's awesome. And uh, uh, 
Chris, I'm going to come to you next. And actually, a question I'd like for you to kind of address a little bit. And you're a veteran, uh, having served uh, previously in the military. And, and actually, Ron here, who uh, asked about how to participate uh, a moment ago, and he's also followed this up with, uh, he says he's a 64-year-old veteran of three branches and not real computer savvy on how to do video chats or podcasts and those kinds of things. Sorry for bothering, and thanks for the advice. And I want to first say, Ron, you're not bothering at all whatsoever. In fact, I'm thrilled that you're here and that you're watching and, and that you're a part of this uh, this evening. Uh, Chris, uh, what would you say to someone? I mean, again, communities can be formed all over the place and, and can come from a variety of places and, and involve a variety of people in different ways. Um, what would you say to someone like Ron here who's like, well, I don't know how to do this technology stuff, you know, so uh, what can I do to help foster a community? So this community kind of started online and that's just how this one began, right? Anyone who seeks that kinship and I, I, I guarantee 64 years, three different service branches, you know something about community and kinship um, and whether it's, Hey, finding some buddies and fostering that kinship that way. Hey, um, going to your local range and getting to know people and introducing yourself to people and fostering your kinship that way. I know for a fact that I search for the same team and family that I had when I was in the service, right? Um, I spent uh, four years in the Marine Corps. I was an infantryman, and there is an amount of kinship there that... doesn't generate anything but naturally, right? It's a genuine care for each other and a want to build brotherhood. So, yeah, man, I get the computer savvy thing. I'm not great at it myself. It's not my, it's not my main cup of tea. We, uh, we just moved to another platform the other day and I literally wanted to throw my phone at the wall about 107 times. Um, but I think your goal personally should be to go out and find people of like-minded behavior, right? Like-minded uh, wants and needs and goals. Because in the end, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean you can't find this out there elsewhere. Um, whether it's working with um, other veterans groups because they're seeking that kinship or it's working in your community because they're seeking that, that help and that bond. Um, I think a lot of what has happened, especially post COVID or during COVID is people have gotten away from people and it's, it's, it's very hard now to step back and learn how to be genuine around others again and open yourselves up to them. 
Yeah, dude, I, I agree with that so much. Uh, and, that, and that's partly why we're having this this discussion on my podcast here today is because you're exactly spot on in that in the last several years since we've been through this whole COVID thing and everything was forced in a way to go virtual, uh, it, it, it's been interesting to witness some of the different repercussions on a, a societal level uh, that, that we've witnessed because of that. And, uh, and that's, I think that's partly why it's so interesting to see how, and, and I think that's why the tribe, our tribe that, you know, many of you are, uh, or those of you that are here with me tonight represents a small portion of the, of our group, the tribe. Um, I think, I think that's why this is so cool to be able to like use an example. That's why I brought you here tonight is to be like, look, during all this time when we had to deal with COVID, things were shut down, people weren't getting together as much in person as, as we once did. And that was already a thing, right? You know, because this world has been moving more and more to a virtual world for a long time, but now it was more forced upon us to a large degree. And just the fact that this tribe could build something that's unique and special and that actually works, uh, even though it was virtual, especially at first, uh, I mean, that's something that's not easy to do. And it's been really, really cool. That's why I wanted to be a part of it. You know, that's why I was like, let me in the tribe, man. You know, after you guys had me out for your class, because I, I could see that this was something way, way, way deeper, way, uh, way better than I initially envisioned it to be. I mean, spending a weekend in a house with all you guys in Alabama teaching for a couple of days uh, that uh, and just seeing how it, it was, even though I hadn't really been a part of the chat group yet, but I felt brought in so quickly and I could see how you all were. So you were already like friends and brothers, even though many of you were meeting for the first time in person. And that was just really, really cool to see. And I'm like, I, this is special. I need to be a part of it. Um, and I mostly importantly, cause I want to support it. Uh, and, and man, I, I'm all in on our community because I see what it's done for people. Uh, we see, you know, guys like Johnny that as 61 years of age are, becoming good shooters and, and, and keeping, you know, their, their minds open and learning new tricks. We got guys like, you know, Ethan here, uh, just trying to work the, the daily nine to five and life isn't always perfect. And, you know, challenges with, with, you know, children and spouses and I mean, all kinds of things. Right. But yet, uh, I see the growth that occurs and how everyone supports each other. This world needs more of that. And that's why we're having this conversation today. It needs it more than ever because of what's happened to our society in the last few years. So I'm going to kind of uh, turn it more open to a, uh, a roundtable discussion of sorts where uh, it, instead of me sort of like guiding the discussion and asking questions to each of you individually, uh, I want to keep this discussion going for, we got about another 15 minutes or so that we're going to keep this going before we have to wrap it up. Uh, but I want to just kind of have more of a free-flowing discussion with the four of us here uh, to continue discussing the idea of, of fostering growth and success or building communities. Um, I think a lot of people are probably sitting there still asking the question to themselves, well, how do I do this? And Ron came back to us with another comment. And he says he pretty much never leaves his house. Uh, he's disabled, doesn't drive, has a caregiver who takes me to to do errands twice a week. And I was just thinking, and I'm going to just use use this as a jumping off point, and then I'm 
can open it up to you guys. Not that you have to even necessarily address Ron's comment here. You can you can take it wherever you want to go. But Ron, I was just thinking, you know, I have a friend that's in a very similar position as you that is pretty much housebound. And uh, this this friend of mine does a fantastic job of just once a week. And it's, it's very simple, uh, but it's appreciated. And I know the people that that receive these emails from him appreciate it. Uh, and this gentleman writes a poem every week and sends it out. And he asks people, he's like, Hey, do you want to be my, on my little, you know, poem newsletter list? And they're just great little poems, inspirational poems, and usually includes a little thought with them. And it's something that's so simple. It doesn't seem like much, uh, but I know that people appreciate it. I also know this gentleman that I'm referring to, um, also, just occasionally, randomly calls up people on the phone just to talk to them. You know, how are you doing today? I'm just checking in on you, man. And he's called me numerous times, and it's just it's appreciated. So even if you're you know in Ron's position and you're kind of like, well, I don't know what I can do because I'm I'm disabled and I'm housebound or whatever. Uh, sometimes just the simplest acts uh, can go a long ways to improving you know, other people's lives around you. But anyway, so uh, other thoughts and ideas, guys, I, I want to hear, you know, whoever wants to go, just feel free to jump in. If you want to know about some of the arguments sometimes have ask Chris, uh, do you put chili in? I mean, do you put beans in chili? <laughs> that is a topic Chris is very passionate about. <laughs> Actually, genuinely part of what it is, is I just love playing devil's advocate. <laughs> Like I just love if 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 somebody's adamant on one thing, I will play the exact opposite as hard as I can. I may not believe a word I'm saying, but I'm gonna make you question your beliefs in the meantime. Um, as far as to get back to to Ron a little bit because, um, just that kind of kinship with the military thing kind of means a lot to me. Um. Personally, if when it comes to like veterans and being at the point where you're disabled now and you're not really able to leave, just finding people who are genuine and open and honest and willing to communicate, I think should be your current goal. Um, you're capable of getting here on Facebook. Uh, his comments are coming from Facebook, I believe, mm-hmm. um, which means you're capable of um, getting in groups and conversations and finding those that are out to actually help rather than inflate their own ego is super important. Uh, I love those thoughts. That's my spiel on that. Yeah, it's good stuff. You know, one thing that we uh, frequently see in uh, social media interactions and the more I'm in this industry, you know, and I can, I kind of consider myself having been in this industry for about seven or so years. And, you know, the longer I'm in it, the more I see or recognize that there tends to be kind of these different cliques or almost like fan clubs. And sometimes this fan club doesn't like to get along with this fan club. And, And there's just all these, these these fights and disagreements and arguments that go on within the broader two-way community. And it's something that's always been a bit of a frustration of mine because our, our community, and I say our community right now broadly, meaning that the, the, those of us that believe in and support the Second Amendment, 
uh, it, it's already it already has enough problems. It's already under enough attack from outside. Uh, so maybe this would be a good uh, little you know side you know bar here to just talk a little bit about uh, some of your guys's observations about that, and uh, you know what people building. Because what we're talking about right now is sort of like, well, okay, let's build communities and let, let, that are supportive of, of our members of the community. But how do we do that and also not be a, a furtherance of the greater problems, you know, that this two-way community has already uh, got before it? So I think a lot of that has to do with understanding everybody's mission and accepting that, right? Um, like personally – my mission is to be a more efficient shooter um, for things related to my career paths. Right. And for me, sometimes that includes wearing plate carriers and helmets and rifles and full on battle belts and handcuffs and all those things, because that's, that's what I do. Right. Where, you know, we have other sides of the coin where the only thing they're interested in is competition. I know a couple of guys who they're like, oh, yeah, I don't really carry a gun, um, but I love to shoot competition. Um, and then you've got your, I mean, Johnny and Ethan here are, are in this boat where it's like, yeah, man, I shoot competition, but really what I'm trying to do is defend or be a better defender, like a, a better um, a better father, a protector, um, these, these situations. And I think that even though your mission may not be the same, right. And I'm using mission because that's where my brain goes back to, um, with everything I've done, but even though your mission may not be the same, it doesn't hold any less value, right? If you want to just shoot competition, I'm going to think, Hey, maybe, maybe I'm going to try and talk you into carrying a gun outside of competition. Right. But if you choose not to, I'm going to respect that. I'm going to continue to talk to you about the things that you know, and, um, I'm not going to belittle you for that. Right. That's, there's no gain in that for me. Um, the where, the where and the what that I could learn from you is, is not maybe in that place, but I can learn things elsewhere. Right. Because I shoot competition as an officer. Um, and when I went into it, I had no hopes of ever becoming a GM or even a master. I just simply wanted to get better with a gun in my hand as time has progressed. And I've talked to people like, uh, Ryan Billman and Tom Harris. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've learned to, uh, learned a lot of things that make me want to maybe progress further up that ladder because I see the efficiencies and things. Um, but I also understand that maybe your goal is to um, be what the second amendment was originally written for, which is foreign and domestic, um, being able to handle yourself in 
times of crisis and war, right? And if that's the direction you want to go for, you, you know, if you're, if you believe that you need a plate carrier and a helmet and a rifle as an average civilian, Hey, I'm all, I'm all about it for you. Like that's, that's your business. And I will support you with what knowledge I have and help you along your way. Um, and if you're just a regular dad trying to keep your kids safe from whatever may occur, um, I'm going to try to support you there too. And I think that's the most important part. Go ahead, Johnny. It looks like you're about to say something. I think we find too often uh, that we focus on our differences instead of our commonalities. Uh, There is a huge overlap between the guy who deer hunts, the guy who does competition shooting, the guy who trains for self-defense, and the guy who trains for because his profession requires him to do it. We share a lot of commonalities. And if we focus on the common things instead of our differences, uh, we're going to find we've got a lot of common and we've got common ground that we can build upon in the community. Yeah, I completely agree with that. You know, it's it's been a thing of with me, uh, and it, it's actually partly what has inspired me to research more about the foundations of competitive shooting is because one of the big kind of, you know, uh, friction points within the community is competition people and like tactical people. Right. And like, well, you know, the tactical people are like, I can't shoot competition because, you know, I'm, I'm going to learn things in competition that are going to get me killed in the streets. And the competition people look at the tactical people and, you know, think they're LARPing or whatever, you know? And, and it's like, well, this, this is, this is silly because if you go back to the very beginning of competition shooting, especially like the practical side of competition shooting, that whole world was basically one world. And it was basically people that were interested in the, in the tactical or defensive aspects of, of shooting and wanting to create competition to learn more about how they could be more effective as defensive minded folks. And, and then at some point we created these two different communities that diverged and I, I really want to see more of that brought back together again because you're exactly right, Johnny, that, that, that there's way more in common than there is, you know, uh, indifference. Uh, Ethan, uh, I said we're going to just kind of have a free-flowing discussion, but I'm going to throw it at you anyway. Like kind of what, what, what thoughts do you have on, you know, the broader two-way community and some of the like conflict we see within it and, and what can we do to, to help improve things through communities? So I feel like people need to to really remember that where they came from, for for lack of a better term, because uh, a big thing I, I you see, on, especially on social media, and to a lesser degree in person, but I've I've dealt with it in competitions. Uh, I've, I've you've you've heard my woes about the USPSA club I shoot at, and how I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not going to get into that, but. People just need to remember, you know, we're all walking the same path. Uh, there's the same destination. Some of us are further along. Some of us are taking it through a different avenue. Um, doesn't make anyone any less valid. And we're, we're all perpetual students. Uh, you know, like I, I posted on my Facebook the other day, because, you know, because, you know, oh, y'all know I'm, I'm getting real 
deep in the weeds on like the 25 yard bullseye shooting. Chasing a hundo. Um, but yeah, a couple years ago, I was just pleased as punch to, to just keep them all on a silhouette at 10 yards. And seeing stuff like that show up in my Facebook memories or in just or just showing up in my camera roll memories, uh, it has really done a lot to, to really humble me and remind me that, you know, we all didn't start this at the same time. We're all not going to end at the same place, but we're all on the same journey. And there's no sense in uh, fighting or arguing about stuff that don't matter when really you just need to go shoot the gun. Yeah, good good advice. Good advice. We have just a few more minutes left before we got to close it out. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, ask if, if each of you would share with us your final thoughts. It could be about anything. Seriously, anything anything goes at this point. Uh, we've discussed a lot, I think, really uh, good and uh, informational things regarding setting up, creating, and fostering communities uh, for for folks, especially in, within the shooting communities. Uh, but uh, what are some of you guys' final thoughts as we begin to wrap it up here? People just don't need to be uh, afraid of looking foolish when they're because mm. you know, there's you're going to try to make friends and try to create these communities, and some of the people you, you're going to have people you know involved in that, but you're also going to meet people you don't know, and they might not necessarily like you. You might not necessarily like them. That's okay. You're, there's there's been a lot of missteps on this uh, on this journey we've all been on. Uh, just got to persevere and remember, everyone deserves the same amount of respect. And uh, beans definitely do belong in shape. <laughs> well, Chris, uh, do you want to respond to that? And what are your final thoughts? Um, one. I don't want to put it on the public record, but I agree. <laughs> Beans belong in chili. Um, but I think, and Ethan touched on it earlier, I think it's it's don't forget where you came from. Um, I thought I knew what I knew because I came out of the military and I stumbled upon some old, uh, once I got out, I stumbled upon some Travis Haley Chris Costa Magpul dynamics. And then I really thought I knew what I knew. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, as I, as I gradually worked up the slope of, uh, Dunning Kruger, (laughs) I uh, realized I don't know anything. And I'm still at that point today where I feel like I can only progress from here. Um, so take that not only in your shooting, but in your personal life, because um, one of my biggest uh, wins in my life so far happened on a gun range, but it had nothing to do. Well, I guess it did have something to do with shooting, but in, in the overall, it has nothing to do with shooting. And that's just having the right mindset on life and challenges. So um, I think I think we can all we can all learn from just taking that next step. Awesome, thank you, Chris. Appreciate those final thoughts, uh, Johnny. My final words was: You never know what someone else is going through. 
and you never know the impact you can have on somebody else's lives. Uh, and so take every opportunity to lift somebody up, encourage them, and help them along the way. Uh, you may not know for, for later, or you may be told back as a member of the group told me uh, when I was encouraging them and said, uh, I just wish my father had been as encouraging to me as you are. And that's what we need to be is be lift each other up and support them uh, on a daily basis. Yeah, Absolutely. Also, wise words. Thank you so much, Johnny, Ethan, Chris. I appreciate you guys so much for for doing this with me here tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure to have each of you and hear your different perspectives, uh, folks. Just to kind of wrap this up uh, again, I got brought into this community, into this tribe, and uh, it, it it truly is a special place. Uh, these guys are my friends and my brothers. Uh, and I wish everyone to have their own place of belonging. Uh, in many cases, that might require that you go and create and foster and grow your own community. And I hope you got something out of this episode today that will allow you and give you some tools to be able to figure out how to do that and go about that. One final shout out to our sponsors of today's episode, ccwsafe.com. Please go check them out. And also mountainandmedical.com. Thank you so much for your support of the Concealed Carry Podcast. And we bid you all do. And until next time, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. Mm -hmm.